0: Welcome, everybody, to episode 81, 81 of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. It's a little bit different tonight. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, and I'm not suggesting that anybody do this because the recording quality was hot garbage <laughs> and we didn't really know what we were doing back then, but it's kind of like the first five episodes of this podcast. It's just uh, Spence and Spangler tonight. This is uh, this is different.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit nostalgic, actually. It
0: Granted, is. Granted, we, were,
1: we weren't using, uh, what are we using, Squadcast? We were... Yeah. Had some jerry-rigged iPad apparatus going on and with a oh, MacBook, yeah. something like that. Yeah,
0: we had, like, we each had to have multiple devices. We had a lot <laughs> going on. There was a lot more tricky trickiness with the editing. We didn't have a theme song. Nope. We might have had a theme song, eventually. We thought these were yeah. going to be half-hour episodes, which is hilarious in <laughs> hindsight. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no Buzzman tonight. He's uh, off doing his thing. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh we're sneaking one into at the last minute on a Monday night, so welcome everybody. All right, uh, drink check, drink blah 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 blah. Drink check, risk check, what have you got?
1: Uh, well again, I think the last time I was on, I was also very lame with my drink. And I, I'm gonna be lame again tonight because unfortunately, you know, this can go into a segue too, I've uh, been hanging out with somebody and they happen to work at a brewery, so I've been frequenting breweries Ooh. more often than I should. So, uh, I had a few last night, not too many, but, uh, enough that I didn't feel the need to crack open, crack open an ice-cold delicious PBR tonight, <sighs> or a uh, warm and, but equally as delicious thing of bourbon. So tonight in the glass, I've got my lovely Baton Rouge water with a new brand of, uh, lemon, lemon, lemon juice in it. Oh, nice. Yeah. So Is it an improvement p- over the old brand? You know... I can't really tell. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I I like to think it's an improvement, but probably not. Let's be honest here. So that's what I'm drinking. And on the wrist here, one that I haven't worn in a while, but it's the uh, Black Bay 58. I stuck it back on the bracelet, which I was surprised I was actually able to find after the move. Uh, All my bracelets were all over the place. And I thought I organized them, but not to the liking I would have thought I did it. So I had to do a little bit of digging, but luckily I was able to find the bracelet and the end links. Oh, there important. you go.
0: That's key. Important. So it's not the jube, yeah. then?
1: Not the jube. The jube... What do I have? I have one of the jubes on my Cincinnati Watch Co. and the other one is somewhere in the depths of my closet, which, Spence, you can obviously see behind Yeah, me. I mean, there's not that much
0: in it, at least from what I can see, although... Yeah, it goes, the it goes more... Oh, okay. You, yeah, uh, the okay. walk yeah. Ah, fancy. Yeah. All right. Well, what about you? I, I gonna steal from another podcast (laughs) I'm gonna crack open something so uh real quick before dinner and getting the kids to bed um the lawn finally got long enough we had a bit of a dry spell here in Cincinnati so Mm -hmm. when it doesn't rain the grass doesn't grow so I haven't had to mow the lawn in like a week and a half so I mowed the lawn and when I mow the lawn I enjoy a nice light beverage and um I've posted about this and I've talked to people about this I like me a good Kugel Summer Shandy, just for whatever reason that is starting to speak to me again. However, if you like the lemony beer flavor, I'm also a big fan of Natterday's. Dirt cheap, not as good <laughs> as Liney's, but it'll in a pinch it'll work, and it goes down really easy, especially when it's really hot outside. It isn't really that hot today, but when you're mowing the lawn or you've mowed the lawn, every day can be Natterday. So uh, that's what I've got.
1: I could say it goes down a little bit too easy, actually.
0: Yeah, but there's not much, by the way, of alcohol in these, so, um, you Well, know. granted,
1: I feel like the natural light slogan is that they're not designed to be drank slow. I feel like the proper way to drink one of those is to have a key with you and then pop it open. Yeah, have a little you little know, it's been a
0: while in. since I've done done one of those, and I don't know with the, like, the strawberry lemonade flavor that goes with this, that that would be, I mean, it might actually make it even easier, let's be honest, because... Mm. Uh, uh, of of all of the very low rent beers, um, Natural Light is near the bottom of my list, only just above Milwaukee's best and uh, Beer Thirty. Um, I was more of a Keystone guy, um, ah. just yeah, you know, as far as as that goes, the the cheap beer. Um, but you throw a little bit of strawberry lemonade ish, whatever is in there, and uh, it's it's pretty solid. Um, can, so can yeah, confirm. that's what I'm drinking. Yeah, and then on my wrist, uh, we'll do a little bit of a segue here. I've got on my Fratelloris, the uh, big crown pointer date with the burgundy dial and the bronze case. I wore this just under a week ago uh, to uh, Big Ash Brewery, which is uh, right here near the house um, on the east side of Cincinnati, because uh, we had an Oris Airstream show up for Red Bar Cincy, which was really, really cool. Jason, uh, the, the the rep who covers this area of the country for them, and uh, another another person from from Oris or from the company who operates the trailers for them um, was here. They had the Airstream, which is pretty neat. They parked it right outside a brewery uh, and they had everything like all the different size. Like if you wanted to see a 36, a 39, a 41 and a 43 of the Aquas, they had all of them. If you wanted to see the 36, the new 38 Holstein edition and a 40 big crown pointer date, they had them. I finally got to try on the watch that I have been fascinated for a while, which is the pro pilot, World timer, which is the one that has the bezel complication that moves the hour hand, which mm-hmm. I have to say is really stinking cool. Just <laughs> maybe a little too big for my wrist. It's a forty-five millimeter watch, um, and the, the the PPX, which fit really well, was a forty-four. It's just a lo- like it's just a little bit longer um, mm-hmm. from lug to lug, but it's still like still just a really cool piece. And they they, did. they had they had everything. They had the cotton candies. They didn't have the cotton candies on a bracelet, uh, only because they said that demand for those has been uh, significantly more than they thought, and they're having a wow. hard time keeping the bracelet versions in stock, um, huh. which I can believe because they're they're thirty eight millimeters. They wear really well. The colors are fantastic. Um, it's pretty cool. My wife and the kids stopped by. The Pierce, you know, my my oldest loved the the Oris mm-hmm. bear. He was out. Uh, it was just it was just a lot of fun. So yeah. we had a we had a really good time. Uh, he was like, Daddy, there's so many watches. And he thought the trailer was pretty cool. It did look a little bit like the, uh, the B-29 that we saw a few weeks ago mm-hmm. um, that, that the Cincinnati Warbird Society has. Because uh, it's, you know, it's that, that, that aluminum-sided uh, Airstream trailer, which is a lot like the aluminum-sided B-29. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway so that that's that's what i'm wearing uh huge thanks to oris for coming out that was so much it was so cool so much fun everybody from red bar who was there red bar cincy who was there had a really good time just fun hanging out talking watches trying stuff on and you know they, like i said they had everything it's it's even when you go into an ad for most brands it's kind of tough to see everything mm-hmm, um absolutely. especially if it's a rolex ad these days uh, but uh <laughs> You could see everything, try it on, wind it up, use the complications. It was pretty cool. We had a lot
1: of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised too. I saw some of the photos from the event, um, and I saw that your kids definitely had a great photo with the Oris bear there. It's good to see. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, I just had no idea that they had stocked the inside of the Airstream with like a full display. Oh, yeah. For whatever reason, I just did not even think that the entirety of the Airstream could be decked out into some type of display area. I don't know why. makes sense, though, now that I'm thinking about it.
0: Yeah, it was pretty solid. I mean, it was a 34-foot Airstream, I think, and they had, like, two seating areas at the end, and, yeah, yeah, I mean, just... You know, they had like just. I mean, you saw some of the pictures. It was just like a like a a case at an ad. Like -hmm, they had both sides lined, and it had like I said everything. They had certain watches that were out, like some of the limited editions were out on top on the tables Mm and stuff in the case. All the cases open. They're like, yeah, just try whatever. Like it was, it was pretty cool. Um, Very very low key, very chill. Uh, Just just a a bunch of watch nerds trying on watches. The um, the Holstein edition was probably. I mean, 38-millimeter smooth bezel with the new Caliber 400-something because it's got the small seconds. Just yeah. really awesome gray dial. Just that one was really cool. That one was pretty yeah. neat. Um, and I think they've got a couple other things coming out here later in the year that should be pretty cool. I mean, it's uh, they've been doing – obviously, they've got a Hodinkee limited edition coming out later this week. Um, so that will be pretty neat.
1: To see that. Yeah, very excited. So, very excited to see what yeah, that's they had, all about. They had,
0: they had a lot of limited editions there, too. Like they had the Momotaro one, they had yeah. uh, the Holstein, Steinstein, Stein, a couple other ones. Um, just, yeah. just pretty neat. And it was funny. Mm-hmm. We, we got into a really interesting conversation. I think it was me and uh, Parker. Um, or it might have been me and, and, and Mike. There, there are three watches next to each other. They had a, a 36 millimeter big crown pointer date, a 38 millimeter big crown pointer date and a 40 millimeter big crown pointer, and you're like, in conceptually, a millimeter is so small. Like we always joke about, oh, a millimeter is so small. Two millimeters is also not very large. Yes. But looking at a 36 next to a 38 next to a 40, you're like, those are mm-hmm. all very noticeably different. And when you yeah. think about the fact that it's literally a millimeter on each size of that watch's case, mm-hmm. it shouldn't look as big as it is. Like it, yeah. but it was definitely, definitely noticeable. Uh, which is just neat to see them like side by side because you don't always mm. get a chance to do that. You're like, oh, I like the 40 millimeter. How would the 38 feel, or how the th- like is the 36 mm. really that small? And it's like it, it wasn't really that small, but it was noticeably smaller than the 40 millimeter. Yeah, um, for sure. Which was pretty neat. But hmm. anyway, yeah.
1: Well, I nice have time. to ask. I got to ask the question here. Did anybody fall for the uh, old trap of having a little bit too many libations uh, with the opportunity to purchase a watch?
0: So. Um, you couldn't technically buy anything off of the trailer, but you could find a way to get one and I, I think mm-hmm. I think somebody may have been working on one of the pieces that was a little bit tougher to get here stateside. They yeah. might have been trying to make an arrangement and uh, that was that was pre me seeing him with any beverage in his hand. so that was fairly early on in the night. <laughs>
1: Um, he came in with the intent The intent. I
0: like it well I don't think he came in with the intent I think he came in and he saw this he's like how do I get one of these Um, and they were working on trying to figure that out but uh, that was fun Um, but I know the other one that I really liked I mean we talked about my favorite like my favorite complication that they make I don't know I don't know how I won't own a Diver 65 at some point just I tried on three or four different versions of them they mm-hmm. wear so well. I mean, we even had that chronograph for a while. It's a thick boy. It's like almost yeah. seventeen millimeters thick, but a lot of it's in the crystal. It's got a really thin mid case, like the the bicolor one with the two tone bracelet and like the the like honey dial that looks yeah. like. It. I mean, it's a, it looks like a watch that has been out in the sun for forty years, but it's a brand new one. Like it just mm-hmm. they have so many different versions of that watch. I think I will at some point eventually own one of the forty millimeters just because they they wear stupid well
1: yeah yeah you're right the, uh, the Diver chronograph that we had in stock I was very much considering snagging that a while back Even, like, oh, a couple months after we had it and then it's been slowly sifting around in my headspace for a little bit of time obviously I did not go that route but you're right These, those Diver 65s look whatever, whoever designed those watches amazing amazing job they really captured the aesthetic of what they were going for and they did it mm. well and at an incredible price point and that's why so, it's
0: so popular. Oh, I agree. And I see the the, the thing that I struggle using air quotes with <laughs> is I like kind of the original one that throws back that has like the the the, the numerals that are loomed are mm-hmm. what what's loomed is the outside of the numerals with the blo- with the boxes so like the the negative space is where the
1: Yeah, I know what you're Like about.
0: those original ones are really cool. Mm-hmm. Um that being said, um the bicolor ones, and I, I don't think I'd go with a bicolor bracelet just because that might be a, a little bit too kitschy for me or a, a step too far. Now, if I went all bronze, I'd go all bronze. Like, I, like the is a little bit different. But like the ones that have the brass bezels, that just that yeah. little bit of warmth on mm-hmm. a steel case is really cool. Especially the ones that I think have the gold tone numerals, like that. It's almost like that's the perfect gilt color colorway, yeah. and that that bronze will kind of like. It, I mean, I'm looking at the case of my watch. Mine isn't green. It's also not like shiny coppery anymore. It's kind of a, like a very very warm like darkened bronze. Mm-hmm. And I think if that if that you know bezel turns kind of this color, it'd be yeah. really really special. Um, so that 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 I don't know. It's fun to think about.
1: Yeah, so. I think you're right that that that's probably the, the perfect amount because you're right. I think the uh, kitschy factor. Of the bicolored bracelet, to make it a little bit over the top for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm the same vote as you. Either go full bronze or just a just a hint of it.
0: Right, go all the way. If you're gonna do it, go all the way. Yes, <laughs> and get the pink one. The pink yep. one was so good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was so good in person. All, all those cotton candy ones are good, really. See? They are.
0: But I mean, it's like if you're gonna go with a pastel one, it's like, man, just go all in. Like, pink is the pink is the all the way to go. Just go with that one. It's just it's
1: it's perfect. I mean, it's a pink bez or a pink dial on an all bronze watch. It's uh-huh. basically you're jumping into the deep end with oh, weights yeah. on your ankles. Yeah, oh, yeah. you're going. Exactly. You're, you're
0: going, going all the way in. My guess is that's not someone's only watch. <laughs> if it
1: is, though, we need to get them on the podcast because they would be yes. very interesting. I really yes. want to know what made you choose that one, if that's your yes. daily driver
0: and your only watch. The only one you own is that one. Um, we should talk. Yep. Anyway, all right, real quick, Fresh Form Finds. Uh, what have you got, Spangler?
1: Well, I decided to go a little bit vintage this week. And buy a little bit vintage, what are we talking here about? To, to do 80 years. 70 to 70, 80 years, we'll say about that range. pretty vintage. Vintage. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty vintage. It's a pre-Carrera Hoyer Big Eyes chronograph, which, normally speaking, I think when it comes to bi chronographs, they're not really my cup of tea. I really prefer, prefer the three-register layout, but for whatever reason, these Big Eye chronos, especially when you have two of them just like stacked right next to each other, They fill up the dial space, and it just looks good. And this one has an all-white dial, which looks pretty good. I mean, I'm not saying it's perfect, but for being, let's say, roughly 75 years old, it looks pretty damn good. The loom appears to be somewhat filled in, so that could have been been redone at some point on the hands. But I mean, overall, it looks, case-wise, does not look to be polished, which is always a plus. Uh... Numbers are legible on the dial, and probably the best part about this watch is that it comes on a fitted JV Champion bracelet, which, if anybody's trying to track down bracelets for these watches, I have read, obviously I've not done it, but I've read it can be somewhat of a hassle finding in links that can fit certain cases. So with this one, you don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. And obviously it is on eBay because everybody knows I am, I, I do have somewhat of a penchant for coming on eBay. And you can have this watch for just the lovely price of $2,500. Yeah, Which, honestly, yeah, it's not bad. Coming with it, it's got a value 22 movement. Uh, and I don't know if it has been serviced or not yet. It appears like it has not. And I also don't know the logistics of being able to track down movement parts for value 20, 22. Um, so, yeah. Do your research, but for what it is, just looking at photos and the description doesn't seem that bad. Yeah, no,
0: that's a, it's a pretty neat looking watch. Um, yeah, yeah, those 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 those, regist- those subdials are pretty pretty big. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so pretty got big. The big glass on. <laughs> oh, absolutely yeah. fills up the dial. Oof, I love it. Yeah, looks great. All
0: right. All right, so what I have, a uh, bit of an interesting choice here, but I have a PAM 183, so the Panerai Radiomir Black Seal with these small seconds. Um, straps, boxes, paperwork, not a scratch on it, according to the seller on the Paneristi Forum. Um, not quite sure if that uh, has as, as fun exchanges as the Rolex Forum, but, you know, um. <laughs> Uh, watches in Chicago. I'm seeing some messages that pe- some people were interested. I haven't seen that it's sold. Um, when, did it, when was this posted? this a, this post is a little stale but not terribly stale about mm-hmm. you know, two weeks. Um, thirty four hundred or best offer. So you know it's a pretty solid pretty solid price for a pretty good looking watch with the small seconds. Uh, mm-hmm. The radio mirror uh, wears surprisingly well uh we have a buddy who's got one and he's got uh, smaller wrists than most of us in Red Bar and it fits his wrist just fine so mm-hmm. um you know and you can have a lot of fun with the straps you know just just you know those wire lugs really take on pretty much anything so uh yeah um i feel like that's a pretty solid price for box papers and that that piece so
1: absolutely plus it's got the uh, in my mind the two of the staples that you really need to have on a Panerai which is the small seconds and sandwich dial
0: yes it has both of those things um, and it's big but not too big because of the wire lugs so. yes no that's uh, that's what I've got um, so yeah maybe it's still available maybe it's not nobody has ever messaged us saying that they've ever bought one of these um, I, I still think it's a fun segment to do but I just I'd be curious mm-hmm. if anybody has even looked at these um, I was going to say, as long, if you've looked at them, I feel that like that's a step in the right direction for us. I for do know, one. I do know somebody did buy not the one that we had, and it may have actually he may have actually already bought it before Buzzy had it. But I think
1: mm-hmm.
0: there was an Omega because it was you know um, before Craig um, the yes. one of the yeah. uh, I think it was one of the GMTs or one of the older Seamasters. Um, so. Somebody's like, ah, I just bought one of those. I was like, okay, but uh, not the same one. But he's like, nah, not the same one. I technically bought it before you, like before you guys recorded. But mm-hmm. he was just he was like, ah, close. We were on the right close track, no Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, so that's where we're at. So we have an interesting topic tonight, and I think we've taken two different approaches to it. So why don't? you yeah, – this was your idea. So why don't you kind of walk us through what the idea is?
1: Yeah. So we were. Brainstorming ideas here, and I was like, you know what? An interesting idea that I don't think any other podcast or any other news source has done something I guess maybe similar to this. But looking at a watch, what is, you know, if you take a look at your personality, how does that fit into a watch? If there is one watch that describes your personality. Now we took two different approaches on what the term personality means. But if there's one watch that describes your personality and however you want to describe your personality, what would that one watch be? And I looked at it as taking a look at my life and breaking it down to basically how, you know, how I dress, how I look, the functionality aspect of like what I do and then also my lifestyle. And then within those categories, I looked at if it's looks, I took a look at, you know, sort of my way of addressing that and then sort of how a watch would address the looks aspect of it and sort of match those up and, you know, have a string board basically connecting everything at the end. And then coming he's to got the a, computer. he's got an entire page of notes, ladies and gentlemen, front and back. Front, yes, and back, front and back here, because I had to think about this a little bit because uh, I figured I'd be talking for a hot second because Buzz wasn't on the podcast. So I figured I... Try and keep you all busy for a little bit of time. Plus, it's a lot. It's a, yeah, front front back of a page of notes here. So, I did my I did my research on this one. He did, he did. Now, all right. Mm-hmm. So 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 let's let's talk through this. So, I broke it down into three different categories: looks, functionality, and lifestyle. So now, when it comes to looks, I can't say that I dress in the most normal i try to keep it relatively kosher most of the time but some of them obviously spence you can see my closet it goes back a little bit here i've got some eclectic styles in there so you know i'm a little bit off the beaten path there when it comes to looks we've noticed this with the bolo ties the hats
0: the we we're we're all aware i mean i feel like our listeners have gotten to know a little Mm -hmm. bit of the spangler style Uh, yes it's been a while since you've seen the bolo but maybe it's coming
1: back you never know Maybe maybe the bull is coming back, and obviously this is an audio medium. But I have somewhat of a uh, interesting mustache going on as well, and I'm yes. rocking that because Yes, why not? he does.
0: Yes, he yeah. does. <laughs> I'm so, really waiting for it to start to curl at the end. I'm really I'm waiting. The, I don't know, know if it's going to happen. Are
1: you you going to go seventies straight down? Um, I, I might. I've done the curl before in the past, but uh. Again, I've been hanging out with somebody, and they kind of like it the way it is. So we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Okay. So uh, you know, when it comes to kind of like off the beaten path in terms of my looks, I'm looking for watts, It really doesn't fit the norm, but uh, when it comes to like you know, I guess case shape, case material, aesthetics, that type of thing. So maybe nothing, nothing you know, circular. Maybe maybe like just straight rectangular. You know, nothing nothing like that. But still, somewhat in the realm of normal cases, quote unquote, air quotes, normal. But yeah, you get the gist in that. All right. Also, some of my outfits like to go out a little bit. like to get a little flashy. Why not? Peacock a little bit. It's fun every once in a while. <laughs> but not too much, right? I can't draw too much attention to myself. So, you know, looking at a watch that has that, it's got to have a little bit of stealth wealth. A little bit understated, but if you know what it is and you see it, you like it. Maybe an orange seconds hand. Maybe an orange seconds hand. <laughs> Maybe I didn't choose that watch, ladies and gentlemen. I did not choose that watch. But um let's see. And then the third, long, third were, little bullet point on the looks for me. I really could care less what people think. I really don't. It's your, your looks, your way of doing things, why not? And I would say normal is the worst compliment you can ever receive. So looking at that watch, watch aspect, it can be under the radar. But if you know what it is you got to rock it and you got to let other people know you can rock it and who cares what they think. So that takes, that's the looks portion of it, ladies and gents. Okay. So, I mean, if you're, you're trying to play, play along at home here as to what watch I may be choosing here. And in fairness, that's
0: this it. is not a watch he owns. He copped to that earlier. Yes, this is this not, is a, not watch a watch that he I owns. owns.
1: Not a otherwise watch we I should
0: own. all be able to figure it out as we narrow things down because you only have so many. Yes. So this could be anything. If anything, we know what watches it isn't.
1: Yes. So you've got about 15 or so watches, but a little bit less than that. I think I've got some up for sale. So a little bit less than 15 watches that you can just nix off your boards. All right. Take a look at the next category. I was like, well, you know, what? How, how do I live my lifestyle functionally? And so, number one, I go to school, right? I have other responsibilities I have to attend to. Tight scheduling, along with a good sense of timing, is one thing that I functionally need in my life. And so looking at that in watch terms, it's gotta be a chronograph. I feel like that's, if you're timing something, you have a good sense of you know time on your hands, you're already wearing a watch, why not take it one step further with the timing? Gotta go chronograph. Although tachymeter, not required. This is true. Care less about that. Excuse my Going dog out. coughing in the background. <laughs> Surprisingly, my dog is just just yeah. chilling out over here.
0: He turns thirteen this week, so He's getting up there. He is. He is. He's a little guy though, <laughs> so he could have a few more years. He's getting a steak this week. <laughs> Every year on his birthday, since we got him as a puppy, steak on his birthday, and it's weird how he life. knows. To it's weird how he knows it's his. I don't understand how he figures it out, but <laughs> he knows. Anyway. You put a candle on it? No, no. We just cut it up and uh, we've, we've recorded it. And I think most of the videos of him eating it, it's not a big one because he's, he's 20 pounds. We get like one of the little like sirloin things and we don't even give him the whole thing at a time because we're afraid he like it's, not, it's too much. Don't yeah, be better. sick later because nobody likes cleaning up after a sick dog. But it, I mean, you know, six seconds and it's gone. Like, I don't even
1: know if he tastes it. I <laughs> But I'll be he's real excited about it. That's all that matters. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. All right, let's see. Functionality-wise. Not, not chronograph. Not necessarily
0: tachymeter, though.
1: Not necessarily tachymeter. Functionally-wise, in my lifestyle, it's really hot. Like, really hot for most of the year. Like, down here in Louisiana, there's probably... Two solid months for I'm wearing a jacket and that's about it, maybe a month and a half if that, and it's not even a jacket on most days, I can wear a sweatshirt and be fine some of those days too so obviously looking at a watch with that, kind of having to deal with that functionality aspect of it, it's gotta be on metal or it's gotta be on a rubber strap Leather's not like I, I said before, I, I do love me a good NATO, but good lord can they get a little bit wet sometimes so, metal metal or rubber for that aspect of it. Um, Interesting that you
0: went metal or rubber because if I'm remembering correctly in a previous episode,
1: <laughs> the perfect summer strap was a NATO strap. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, NATO, NATO. I do love me NATO. I think it's the perfect summer strap. But if it's one watch that encompasses my personality, okay. and this also goes into the next aspect of it. Just, just go with that. You, let me guess. 100
0: meters of water resistance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's got to get moist. It's got to be able to get moist. So not necessarily 100 meters, but you better believe it has to have some type of water resistance on it. So at least 50. At least 50. Okay. That's fair. At least 50. So yeah, I'm either getting wet through sweat or God knows what type of moisture I'm sticking my hand in or dealing with. You know. Which also leads to the next aspect. Speaking of God knows what I'm sticking my hand into. Veterinary my lifestyle?
0: school, let's, let's, be, let's be
1: clear, veterinary school. Yes. Yeah, that was the first bullet point. I was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I make, think sure were we're <laughs> make sure we're clear on this. Make sure we're clear on this. That is, to be fair, ladies and gentlemen, that is the first bullet point on the lifestyle. So, yeah. I, maybe I drug that up a little too long. But uh, lifestyle, I do go to vet school. So, obviously, I'm doing a lot of placing my hand in places I wouldn't necessarily want it to be in sometimes. So a watch has to be durable enough to have to deal with that, right? Got to be able to beat a, be beat around for a, a little bit. And it's got to be able to like it, too. All right. Next in lifestyle. Obviously, I'm a little bit of a night owl. So I like to go out bars and restaurants. I've also dipped my hand into a little bit of brewing, too, which is kind of fun. So, I mean, it's got to be able to uh, deal with that kind of aspect. So, I mean, you know, that that's a pretty broad aspect. But for the most part, loom is good when you're going out. I like Loom. I mean, in
0: fairness, who doesn't like Loom?
1: Yeah, Loom. Well, yeah, not uh, not too flashy. I guess you could be another thing in there. A little bit under- understated, stealth wealth again. You want to be?
0: I, I just like to think that I like to be able to tell the time in most conditions. Yes, yes. Especially
1: when the sun goes down.
0: Do you? Here's here's a question. If we're trying to narrow it
1: down, do you need mm-hmm. to be able to read the chronograph when the sun goes down? That is a very good question. And on my original idea, I did not Ooh. put that down, that you had to read the chronograph. But if I'm looking at the watch right now, and this <laughs> give you a quick little hint here, this website is not very fast. <coughs> it's a little bit laggy. So if I'm looking at this right, and I can narrow it down here with the unbelievable lag going on, it appears that you're probably not going to be able to read the chronograph. At night. The chronograph. Okay. Okay. So, so, yeah. it's mo-
0: so in, in that case, it's most chronographs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, most chronographs. Also, the Diamond 65 chronograph had loomed hands. It though, did. So
0: maybe not so that one. Maybe yeah. not that one. Uh, uh, the Speedy Tuesday 1 also had loomed subdials. Subdials, so, yeah. yeah that, was, that was a cool way to do
1: it. Yep. Okay, let's see. What's next here? Obviously, I've, I've mentioned this before when I was going on my IWC spiel. I like the outdoors. So it kind of goes in with the uh, you know, veterinary veterinary school lifestyle that it's got to be able to beat, beat around. But also the added caveat that I want it to be automatic because I don't have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I'm out running about doing my thing. Wearing a watch. That's the last thing I really want to worry about. And then finally here for the lifestyle... I'm kind of all over the board, jack of all trades, I like to think. So, you need to have something that can, I guess, capture anything at any time. That well, works. Yeah, not to go into too much detail, but give a, a slight hint there. You know, maybe multiple timing functions on the same watch.
0: Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. So maybe a chronograph with a dive bezel, or a timing bezel, or maybe a split time seconds bezel. chronograph.
1: Well, we, it could be either of those reached, things. It could be either of those things, yeah. It could be could be a chronograph of the GMT. Who knows? Ooh. Yeah. Those are even fewer and farther between. They are fewer and farther between. Mm-hmm. But since we are at the end here, I can, I guess, reveal that it's not a chronograph of the GMT.
0: Uh, that eliminates the grand sake of spring drive
1: <laughs> <laughs> that I was thinking of. I was like, there's very few that are like that. And I guess the final aspect here is I like to be a little bit big and bold because, you know, why not? You only got one life. YOLO, as the kids say.
0: It's a Royal Oak Offshore, isn't it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a little bit higher up the chain than that. Ooh. (laughs) Okay. So it's not an offshore. Higher up the chain. Up the chain of command when it comes to watches. Maybe it has a carbon case, too. Now I'm lost. And again, these are watches you definitely cannot buy unless you know somebody very special here. But coming from Mr. Richard Meal. Ooh. I've got the RM6501 as my watch that really best suits my personal <laughs> I was not thinking anywhere <laughs> near any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we got the carbon case, we got the chronograph, we got the loom, which I think is loom. I'm going to say it's loom. We got a split-second chrono, and we got it on a rubber strap. Is carbon really... Can carbon take a beating? Are we sure about this? I'm going to say it can. It's carbon fiber. People build cars out of carbon fiber. So like, yeah, but be they also some... disintegrate. Have you seen have You seen what happens <laughs> when a Formula One car crashes? It's everywhere. They have to sweep it up into a pile. I mean, some of those guys probably were wearing RMs. Did the, did the watch explode?
0: No, that's fair. No, that's fair. Uh, one of the most horrific crashes I have ever seen that somehow managed to not kill somebody last year. Uh, Roman Grosjean went through a barrier wearing mm-hmm. his Richard Mille and came out of it oh. somehow. Now, and in fairness to the the carbon fiber tub, very rarely disintegrates. It's the consumables, the wings, and other stuff. So, I mean, I, I mean, I guess, I guess we just have
1: to just have to see. I mean. Now it's it's a, also, that it's a G-shock, but G shock, G shock from that perspective, <laughs> but you know. Well, I mean that goes another aspect of my personality, right? I'm not here for a good or a long time. I'm here for a good time. So if there it just dis- disintegrates after a while, it's fine by me. There you go. So yeah, that's that's what I got. That's my reasoning. You know. Hope everybody enjoyed it. My two page notes of my thought process of why I probably should get an RM6501 and. Also my reasoning as to why I'll never be able to get one. So
0: okay, let's let's just let's just talk about that watch really
1: briefly here. Um, what are those list for? <laughs> or are those um, price upon request? <laughs> it's probably a price upon request because you know, if you've ever been to the Reshard Meal website, they're they're not putting prices on here. Well yeah. So they're price free zone, ladies and gents. Yeah,
0: there. It's uh, also
1: probably gets spat in your face if you go into the store zone too. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's uh. You know, we can link this in the podcast description or not. I don't. I don't know if you want to go on the website and look we at can, all the technical specs. We can. Yeah.
0: I, I because, was really. You know, I'm obviously really, this has a bunch. I am dumbfounded. This is where we ended up. I think this might be one of the first times we've talked that in depth about a Richard Meal on this podcast.
1: Yeah. It's a, yeah, I guess it's a brand we have not really delved into. And what can I say? I'm also the wild card, so you know, I had to find yeah. one that was Yeah, uh, I, being
0: I would not have thought like me thinking that you were going to go with a, a royal Oak offshore was pretty ridiculous. But like, I was, like, I mean, I could like, I could was nowhere near thinking RM. At all, like just there's like that, just so far out of the realm of possibility in my head. Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, neither was I. I mean, originally I was going to go with a like a Casio, one of their fun little janky twenty five dollars watches.
0: But then I thought literally opposite ends of the spectrum.
1: Literally, yeah. I know you I know, can't right? get. I only I only think on the two ends here. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh-huh. yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, but so that's what I got? All right. Well, I won't go into nearly as much depth or introspection as as Spangler did to do this because I took a bit of a different approach. Um, I have literally none pages of notes. None. (laughs) And, you know, talking about kind of like personality, lifestyle, all that other kind of stuff. And I, I think to a degree we can talk a little bit about this. I mean, I was really kind of torn between two watches that are in my collection Um, that really kind of speak to me and really kind of speak to, if you want to talk about more personality and things like that, you know, reliable everyday type of a watch that flexes to a bunch of different situations. I mean, in a former life, I would have like some of my first jobs out of college. I was in a suit every day, you know, now completely different type of working environment with the pandemic and everything. But, um, you know, like like something that kind of dresses up, dresses down. Um, functionality. I'm, I'm kind of with Spangler. I like to be able to keep track of time, time things. Um, for the most part, anybody follows us on Instagram. It's usually something on the grill or naps for the kids or things like that. Uh, also, uh, timing to beat Google Maps, like that. That is very much a thing. <laughs> like. Honestly, I feel like if I'm ever taking anybody going on a road trip by myself with a family, I'm wearing a chronograph. And if that means I have to bring a second watch, like I'm bringing a second watch because like you can't not be driving a car trying to beat Google Maps without timing it. Like that's just that's a rule. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So like I go back and forth. I mean, obviously, I like sports watches. I like stainless steel watches. That's that's typically if you look at the vast majority of my collection. I mean, I'd say. of them have a timing complication, be it a chronograph or a dive bezel. Um, and obviously I've got little kids, so you never know what's really going to happen on any given day. Um, although I did, I did live a little dangerously this afternoon. I wore, I had my grand Seiko on earlier and we went to the playground and I, I wore it and I, you know, just, just live dangerously. Just, just wear the watch. Um, (laughs) <laughs> did not wear it to mow the lawn though. Like that's just too much grass.
1: That's just um, too
0: much. Yeah. Exactly. It's just too, that's just and it's sweaty. And just, that's not, that's not <laughs> anyway. So what it really came down to for me, you know, is, you know, watch kind of to fit the personality, lifestyle, things like, you know, what Spangler's talking about, I think, and just to remove any sentimentality from this, none of the watches that I'm giving to the kids, those were kind of out and just kind of look at it. And I look at my collection over the, the last, you know, 12 to 18 months. And I've really kind of become a Seiko collector. I mean, if you think about it, I've got, it started with the Samurai, then the SARX 069, then the SPB 149 and the mm-hmm. SRQ 029. Um, just, I think of, of the brands in the stable, that's, that's the, that's more than any other brand I've got. Um, and the thing that's cool about them is we've talked about this with other collectors as well. They run the gamut from, you know, your, your, know sub hundred dollar Seiko five. That is everyone's first mechanical watch all the way up to the, you know, hundreds of thousand dollars that they make with some of their special, special editions their Kratos, anything like that. So like they run the gamut. If you mm-hmm. want to spend money on a Seiko at any price point, you can. Um, but there's that weird little middle ground to me. That is that area just above kind of like your turtles and your samurais in that area where you're like, people are starting to get their first good Seiko. And then you step up to something that's just a little bit nicer. And you're like, ah, I get it now. Like this is, this is where they're, and they've really started to kind of hit their own the last two or three years there. And mm-hmm. we're talking about the Willards, the 62 miles readditions that don't break the bank. Like right there is kind of to me, Seiko's sweet spot. And that's kind of, like it's kind of where I like to live. It's like I, when I put one of those watches on, I don't feel like I have to baby it. And I mean, I don't really baby any of my watches. They're all they're all there to be worn. But like yeah. when you put on something like the Grand Seiko I had on today, like again, like maybe I take it off to go to the playground with the kids and I'm holding people up near the monkey bars with all the metal, just because it's it's a nicer piece.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: got some mirror polishing on it. I don't really think about that with the SPB 149 or the SRQ 029. They're in that, they're, that segment where they're the more expensive Seikos, but they're not to the point where, like, you're getting into the very high-end finishing of the, Zerat, like, of the Grand Seiko, even though the SRQ does have some Zeratsu on it. It's a tool watch. But when you kind of go into my other approach to this was kind of how have I thought about watches as a collector,
1: mm-hmm. it
0: kind of goes to, to your point of the whole if-you-know-you-know you know type of a thing. And it goes down to kind of the knowledge behind the piece before you end up adding it to the collection. Yeah. And as much as I love the SPB 149, everybody loves that series of watch. And, and for good reason. They're a great watch. James Stacy just wrote a really fantastic piece on Hodinki about owning the 143 for a year and it's like they're, they're absolutely fantastic watches. You could wear that one watch every day. And I would say 95% of situations that any of us would find ourselves in. The one place I probably wouldn't wear it is black tie just because that's a little bit much for that watch. Sure. Yeah. But going to the whole, if you know, you know, thing, the watch that kind of both embodies, I guess to me, kind of like the, the lifestyle, the, the, the who I am kind of who I see myself as a person as well as a collector is the SRQ29. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, we talked with Cole about this. We've talked with Sandy about it. It's kind of a unique watch in that it's got in-house column wheel chronograph. It's got zeratsu polishing. It's it's kind of a, a modern take on their their six one three eights, the pandas six one three eight six one three nine. I can't remember which one it is. Don't at me. I'm gonna get a message from Stockton. You know it's you know which one it is, right? <laughs> So I know it's coming on Wednesday. Um, But to me, it's kind of like, it's a great watch. It wears exceedingly well. The finishing on that one for Seiko for that price point is excellent. It's not going to break the bank. I'm not going to feel guilty wearing it in most situations. It's got 100 meters of water resistance. It's got the in-house movement. It's Seiko doing what Seiko does best. It is a fantastic watch at a good price point that is a little bit like a little bit inside baseball. And Mm. it just, that just kind of speaks to me the most. Like it's just, it's one of those, ah, if somebody knows what that watch is, we're going to have a fun conversation because it is the ultimate, like that. And there's a couple other watches like that, that they make. But, like, that to me is, like, everybody knows who Seiko is. I feel like everybody knows Seiko. But, like, if you really start to understand who they are, like, you you find yourself in, like, this price point with these watches. And it's it's such a fun place to be.
1: Yeah. And to that point, too, I really believe in terms of collecting that, obviously, you can collect subs, you can collect Speedmasters, you can collect Navitimers, yada, yada, yada. All of these big, well-known watches that, you know, everybody knows, right? And they're nothing special, but you can build memories around them. That's great. But I really subscribe to the idea that when you're collecting, you should have one, maybe two watches that really aren't big name, everybody knows who they are, everyone loses their minds over them type watches. They're kind of low key. And when people think of you, they think of that watch. And I think that is I, I've kind t- of I've kind of tried to gear my collecting strategy towards that recently anyway, and you know for the longest time when I thought of you and I thought of the one watch that really wasn't like a big main name watch, even though it kind of is. But I guess I, I you probably agree to this too. It just never really got the hype that it deserved. Was your Omega Seamaster? I'm like, yeah. if I'm thinking Spence, I'm thinking that's the watch. Loves dive watches off the beaten path. Not off the beaten path, but it's, you know, not as mainstream as it should be, I guess. And, you know, like you said, you can probably take that watch around, not care too much about it, even though it is uh, substantially more, not, well, I guess maybe not substantially more, but a, a little bit more pricing-wise than the SRQ that's what yeah. I thought it was. But see, I thought
0: you what you were gonna say. Was, see, that's going to one of the boys, so that's why that was kind of ruled out. It is yeah. I mean I thought you were gonna say the tutor, the fast rider, the black shield. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I,
0: because that yeah. one that's another one that's like, if you know what that is, it's cool.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's yeah. I mean, there's and the cool is that Tudor decided to do a fully ceramic case. Granted, it's got a value seventy seven fifty and or seventy seven fifty three, depending on the orientation. I can't remember mm-hmm. which is which. But like it, that one, again, that's another one that I was thinking about, but it's like, I don't know. I mean, if you want to talk about something, that to me, there are very few watches in my collection, that being one of them, that I wouldn't say is a watch that you could wear every day or it could even almost potentially be an only watch. There's a good mm-hmm. number of the watches in my collection that you could say, yeah, this could be the one watch I wear every day. Mm-hmm. That one and the Oris there's, I think there's a couple others that I would say, ah, it's probably a bit much for an everyday watch,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I'd say probably seven to 10 of them are watches that you'd be like, yeah, no, that's an everyday watch. I mean, but I mean, that's just kind of, mm-hmm. that also kind of fits in with a personality. It's like something fun. It, it's again, it's that little, if you know what this is, this is cool. If you don't, it just looks like something somebody should be wearing every day. It's that, it's that mm-hmm. whole little bit of a, of a, of an insider knowledge that you're like, it's a little, a little wink and a handshake that, you know, all of us watch collectors get when you notice, notice watches and on other people. And then, then they notice back. There's, it, it, it's, it's fun it's fun to, to kind of get that. I feel like there's certain, there's certain cars that, are, that can kind of be like that, where if you know what it is, you're like, that's ah, neat. That aren't flashy, that aren't the sports cars, that aren't your Porsches, that aren't your Corvettes. There's other, you know, like the, I, I think about like the, the old Buick Grand National. You know that that mm-hmm. that car, in its time, like didn't look like anything special. But then it's like you start it up and you're like, oh, okay, now I now I get it. Um, yes, there's a whole there's a whole fun aspect to that aspect, like you said, of collecting that aspect of of, mm-hmm. of other things. And I don't know. I mean, it's just it's just it's neat. That's kind of that's kind of where I find myself.
1: Yeah, and and as a watch collector too. I honestly get more of that thrill of, like, if you know, you know, and somebody comes up and talks to you about it versus some Joe Schmo being like, oh, that's a cool Rolex. And couldn't tell you Rolex from Omega, from Patek to Casio. Wouldn't even know the difference. I get more of a thrill out of it running into those type of people, having those interactions. So much more. Than, oh yeah. Well, you know, and, I mean, big name th- brand. That's not
0: to say that the big name brands are the big name brands for a reason. I mean, let's, let's oh yeah, it no, it absolutely. Right. They, they are. They are for a reason. And you know, we've all loved, owned, currently own, used to own watches from from those brands, and they they sit mm-hmm. in that area in the hierarchy for a reason. Um, yes. But, I mean, yes. Th- there's something something a little bit more fun. Somebody noticing your Oris Bronze Big Crown Pointer Date. Hmm. Or you know, uh, you, you know your Panerai for yeah. you know for, for instead oh, yeah. of you know oh you're wearing a Submariner cool that's an, like, yeah we all know and, and to be honest I mean <laughs> to a certain degree I mean I think you could say that for you could say that for the Seamaster you could say that for the Speedmaster the, the thing interesting there is though is like Submariner quintessential quintessential dive watch Seamaster everybody knows that from James Bond and then the Moonwatch they all have tremendous places in history and they're great watches for a reason but they're also the ones that everybody knows doesn't mm-hmm. take anything away from them they're the ones that everybody knows versus like i don't know like we talk about the sr the 62 moss even an og 62 moss or a willard like that mm-hmm. watch is a cool watch for a reason um some people know it some people don't so
1: yeah and so it's also cool that you can like obviously people are gravitating gravitating towards Speedmasters or subs or what have you but it's I think very special in terms of collecting when you can take yourself and gravitate towards something that is not popularized by social media. It's not mainstream and you can build a connection with that piece. That is something special when it comes to collecting. And I think a lot, a lot more collectors should take a step back when it comes to the hype of a lot of watches and ask themselves, Hey, do I really want this? Do I need this? Or am I just following and not really looking to build a connection with watches? I'm just looking to, you know, show off basically. Yeah, and I mean, you're it, losing the identity of like being a collector at that point. Oh, yeah, I mean, and there's
0: I don't know. I mean, the whole Instagram space, social uh, social media is is really taking that to kind of another level at this point, especially mm-hmm. given the last 18 months with people not going out and doing as much stuff for obvious reasons. You know, there, there's only yeah there's a lot of internet to consume and the internet keeps creating enough content for there to be more internet to consume. Um, mm. it's very, it's a very rare day where somebody's like, well, I've reached the end of the internet for I can't find anything else to look at. <laughs> there's always something else to look at and we know the internet yeah. is undefeated. Just any of those things, any of those, you know, superlatives, I guess that's probably not even the right word for it, but, um, Buzzy would correct me if he was here. Um, but I mean, yeah, it, it there is a, there is a lot a lot kind of to that these days, and again, there's nothing like there's nothing wrong objectively by any means with a Samara. No, not at all. There's nothing wrong with like it's a fantastic watch. It is a fan. I like, still love them.
1: I love those they're, ones. Yeah. They're
0: fantastic. And, and it's it's just it's weird that it's gotten to the point where they're so sought after. And I mean, we 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 joke about that, like the Daytona, the Rolex Daytona is a pretty good or a good watch at list price
1: mm-hmm.
0: for $30,000, which is what they're going for on the secondary market. That's a terrible watch. Not, yeah. not I mean, not, it's not like objectively, but it's not worth that much. Mm-hmm. Like you want to talk about right. I, I, it just, it's that that's the hype. That's the hype train. I mean, it just yeah. the fact that you can get the fact that if you, if you don't have like the fact that you're going to spend precious metal money on a stainless steel watch, Mm -hmm. just it's just just, it's weird it's weird i I mean but like like to your point finding that piece and finding i mean i I feel like all of the collectors and it's that stupid collector arc where you kind of go through it's it's oh i don't oh i don't like rolex they just like oh rolex is then you you end up at the one watch at the end of your collecting life and it's just finding everybody has to find their own path everybody's got to find something and I think, I think to those of us who analytically driven, like, like to know the story behind everything, I think we all do eventually get there. I mean, you start to, like, when you start down this rabbit hole of becoming a watch collector and buying your first one, I mean, your, your first one's probably going to be something that isn't very esoteric. That isn't too far off the beaten path just because, you know, you're spending your first large amount of money on an automatic or or a manual on watch probably want something that you feel like you could wear every day Mm -hmm. and most of that stuff isn't off the beaten path like you're probably not buying a Hamilton Ventura as your first watch would be my guess I don't know if you are but if you did yeah more power to you like that's pretty cool Mm -hmm. Um, but like I I just I feel like we all do kind of eventually get there where you're like okay yeah no this is it and you just got to get to the point, not to the point, but you got to get in that your headspace. The, it, this is what I like. Yeah. And I'm going to buy what I like. And it, it, no. it, the fact that we're all talking, like the fact that resale value and, and all this other stuff comes into play, like it doesn't, it doesn't. I feel like baseball cards are probably the same way. Pokemon cards used to be the same way. There's a lot of stuff that becomes mm-hmm. a collectible. And you're like, oh, I've got to get this. Like, do you really want that? Or is it because there's the hype behind it? And then there's the financial aspect that's coming into it. And it's like that – I don't say that like – it doesn't ruin it. But it's it's always going to be in the back of your mind. And if, mm-hmm. you can fi- if you can find a way to be like, you know something? No. This is what I like. Resale value. Be darned. Be damned. I'm going to go for it. This is what I want. Yes. It's probably going to be a permanent piece in your collection.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So – Right. I mean, I will say though, since we're talking about people noticing watches, the IWC got noticed the other day. and I was uh. giddy like a schoolgirl. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my god! You, you know what this is? I was, I was like, asking him all these questions, like, are oh, you watch person? Blah 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 blah. Immediately took it off my wrist, showed it to him, that type of thing. I was very happy because he was like, hey, yeah, you even told me. He's like, yeah, you don't see many IWCs. I'm like, You're right, yeah, you right? I know you don't. Yeah, I know you don't. You don't.
0: So, well, it's funny. I mean, so, so two former guests on the podcast, uh, our buddy RJ Kama and uh, at whiskey blender dude next Sunday, I think midday, this is a, they don't know we're doing this. This is kind of a weird plug, but Mm -hmm. we kind of talked about that whole hype train behind it here. Briefly at the end, RJ is going to do a series of conversations with collectors just about watch collecting on IG live. And his first one's him and Sandy. And those, (laughs) those two were, were, that might be one of my that that that's easily in my top five. Might might even be in my top three favorite episodes of the podcast we've done. That that whole experience going through the the, the scotch tasting with Sandy and talking about the blending process and just mm. just so, so much fun. And you know, just I, I'm looking forward to tuning into that one um, later. I guess. Have we figured out whether Sunday's the beginning of the week or the end of the week? Some people argue over that. I think it's the beginning of the next week, so technically the beginning of next week, but this upcoming Sunday. So the Sunday after this episode drops, they're doing that. Check out their Instagram pages. Go watch that. They're, they're two really fun people to talk to. Um, and if you're talking about watch collecting and and probably avoiding a good amount of the hype, my guess is that's going to be the topic of the conversation. And my guess there might be some scotch consumed, just knowing those two. Just knowing those two <laughs> There's a good chance uh, that there'll be some scotch consumed. Um, Sandy may have blended it, too, which is what's a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) So, but anyway, no, I mean, I guess... We always say, let us know your thoughts. Nobody really ever... I mean, some people do get back to us, but I'm just kind of curious. So, you know, of those eight people, maybe three will uh, DM us something. So, we'll see. But no, it is kind of fun every once in a while in this hobby to take a step back and kind of look into where we get, where am I going? Where am I going next? You know, mm-hmm. or, or what's, I don't say like what the end game is because I don't yeah. know that for collectors I, of anything, there's an end game.
1: I was going to say, I don't really believe that there should be an end game because if you're doing this right. Your taste and your collection could, should constantly be evolving. And so there should never be like, Oh, you know, when you're, 15 years old, oh, I really want to have a twenty-four ninety-nine or something like that. Say, you know, when you're 45, oh no, it's a Royal Oak or something along those lines. Like, you know, it shouldn't stay the same. You're doing it wrong if your taste is staying the same.
0: I mean, that's very fair. Yeah. Like,
1: you should be learning. You should be, you know, getting out there, trying on new things, finding out new things you like. So how it should be done. Well, I
0: mean, there's there's the whole concept of you go back to the familiar staples. You you, you don't say you stick to what you have, but yes, branch out, try new things. You're you're right. Your your tastes are always going to be evolving. Um, There's always some fun. There's always going to be things to come back to. So like, you know, why not? Why not go and experience new things? I mean, same thing with food. Go out, try new things like just Mm that it's always like the the old the old the old reliable is always going to be there yes so um
1: and variety is the spice of life mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. so are actual spices too <laughs> they and they help and not in, in moderation but like obviously season to taste <laughs> you don't need to put salt on everything
1: <laughs> Every thought we get there.
0: Was... you know we're going into into, into a weird place um but no, I mean, I, I, do, I do agree with you. Things evolve. I, it was, uh, we talked about it, I think, a, a few episodes ago. There was an episode of, I don't know what it was the Grand Tour or Top Gear, but it was those three guys. And they were talking about how, as they've gotten a bit older, the Bentley Continental GT now looks like an attractive car to them. We joked about this. That is me and two-tone watches. Would have never <laughs> thought I would have liked a two-tone watch four years ago when I got into this. But you know, now, now... They're starting to look a little bit, you know. It's the same thing. Things evolve. Things change. I don't want to say that you fit into stereotypes as you get older, but like, darn it. I'll probably in my (laughs) 40s be rocking a two-tone date just just because it just looks really Really good. It's like, that's just
1: how it's going to work. (laughs) Like
0: (laughs) like, That's just like, just own it. Just go for it and own it. Don't just lean in. Just go with it.
1: (laughs) Yep. Who cares? Yep. Like I said earlier, who cares what people think? If you like it, rock it
0: exactly exactly you you do you Yep. Mm-hmm. and don't be Absolutely. afraid to treat yourself <laughs> there we go we're getting them all in getting them all in all the catchphrases so all right well we still managed to fill an hour um hilarious we Shockingly. thought this was gonna be a half hour podcast when we started it yeah over a year ago <laughs> Oof. yeah really wrong there yeah i mean last 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 week it took us like 50 minutes to get to the main topic Yes,
1: yeah. I good. if we were just stuck with the main topic, we'd probably have fit in in about 30 minutes.:
0: We probably could have, but we didn't, and I think I think we were better for it. might have been be- it was more fun. That's why people like us, probably. Well, you know, I feel like, you know, as we're going on, I feel like it'd be tough to get a guest on if we were only going to talk to them for like eight minutes. Eight to ten minutes with the other shenanigans going on. It's like, oh, we're going to talk about our topic for eight minutes with you. It's like, yeah, it just seems like a waste of everyone's time. So,
1: yeah.
0: I mean, they don't want to hear us. They want to hear everybody else. Yeah. So, anyway. (laughs) All right. Well, until next time, everybody, we hope you enjoyed our ramblings. This this got weird, but that's fine. A little bit. A little bit. It's okay. Anyway. All right. Catch you next time. Oh, we're going to have to, yeah, see, we have to to, to edit that in.
1: (laughs) Yep. Oh, yeah. Set me up here.
0: Okay. Toss, toss me the, toss in the pitch. Catch everybody next time. See ya.